This week's podcast brought to you by Demeanor to Better. This podcast is being recorded on Tuesday, what we now think of as two for Tuesday, because our uh, eighth grader has double science on Tuesday. She's not uh, hugely uh, in love with the fact that she has a double science, but uh, she has used it as leverage for her after-school snack. And she now, uh, every Tuesday morning, regales us with the slogan of what she wants from Starbucks after school. She says, a double sigh, double chai. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane, who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, it's mid-December, and we are now not only in the throes of me covering women's college basketball, but the high school basketball season is upon us. Our, our senior in high school had her first high school basketball game last night. Um, our son has his first high school basketball game later this week. Our eighth grader has had multiple games, but yesterday had her first um, middle school basketball game for her school team of the season. And uh, here it is. It's upon us. And... As somebody at one of those games said to me last night, I'm already sick of basketball. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It's um, I was talking to someone the other day and just uh, how differently I watch our fourth child play middle school basketball than I did our oldest child play middle school basketball and how parents, and we've talked about this before, just how you sort of view things through a different lens as your kids get older and you've lived through it before. And um, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before because I coach, I've coached all of our kids in middle school with their school team. And I can remember with our oldest, it's a group of kids who started together in second grade, went all the way through eighth grade. And, and, you know, I was determined to, you know, make sure that when they got to high school, when they were at tryouts, they would have seen all of the drills that, um, that would be thrown at them at their tryout because I, you know, I would have made sure they were prepared. And then uh, only one kid, two kids from that group um, even tried out for their high school basketball teams. And none of the kids from that group ended up playing, I think, past sophomore year in high school. And how now it's a completely different vibe for me as I'm coaching our youngest. And it's the whole thing is let's make sure these kids have fun every day at practice. Let's make sure that they are enjoying uh, practice and let's make, you know, this a memorable and fun basketball experience for them in this moment instead of thinking that we're preparing them for something down the road. Which would be what? High school basketball. I can't even like, I can't even think that or expect that, okay, because they're playing this year, they're going to play in high school. I actually have two kids on this seventh and eighth grade team. But even if they were going to play in high school, wouldn't you want them just to be having fun every day? Yeah, but there'd be sort of a different level of um, attention to detail maybe or a, a different focus, I think. I've got two kids on the seventh and eighth grade team who've never played basketball before. So we started practice one day just talking about the rules and what the lines on the court meant. And, and, um, they didn't, you know, at one point, um, I, the other coach said, uh, you know, we, we got to in, inbound it now. And one of the kids looked at him like, what are you talking about? The, the kids were scrimmaging. And I was saying to one of the girls who've actually, I've actually coached for a couple of years now. And I was, I was saying, pull it out, pull it out. And she looked at me. She said, pull it out. I said, Oh, while you're dribbling, just back up towards mid court. It's, it's, um, I had a kid in the game last night, in the eighth, seventh and eighth grade game last night, ask at halftime if it was halftime. So, you know, when you talk about a different level of focus or something, I, I'm not sure kids that age focus, especially after a long school day at 7 p.m. is a thing that's going to happen. Right. And, and uh, what makes me think of that is our daughter this morning, our eighth grader this morning, uh, today's a day when she has double science. 
and she said, I, I hope our one of our uh, Christmas pageant rehearsal, our, our Christmas pageant rehearsal is during one of those sciences because, I mean, I just can't do two in a row. And, <laughs> and, and I get it, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, so, uh, so anyway, it's, um, it's, it's been fun and uh, it's just the start of what ends up being a hectic but uh, enjoyable time of the winter. You started the podcast by saying it's mid-December and, and instantly I heard in my head late December back in 23. What a very special time for me. Was that 23. No, that's nineteen sixty-three. Oh, I was going to say, why did you? Oh, it's because now it's twenty-three. Now gotcha. it's, it's mid-December, twenty twenty-three. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it wasn't. They weren't. They weren't reminiscing about a night in nineteen twenty-three well, in that hit song. Remind me who sings that song. It's Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. It's it's. Oh, I think I'm looking it up now. It's just it's just uh, listed as the Four Seasons. Oh, what a night! Right. Has it been remade? It's called though? December 1963. Okay. Parentheses. Oh, what a night! Oh, what a night! And I didn't realize this. Frankie Valley is it's it's by the Four Seasons. Frankie Valley sings backup vocals. Um, the song features drummer Gary Polchi on lead vocals. Really? Really? Oh, now we know. One of the things that was new last night in the in the high school basketball game is that gloriously and finally, Connecticut high school basketball at the varsity level has a shot clock, a 35-second shot clock. And it's frustrated me for a lot of years now that Connecticut um, does not have, had not had a shot clock. This is the first year of it. Back in the early, late 80s, early 90s, I played with a shot clock in Massachusetts and uh, they finally got it here in Connecticut. And guess how many shot clock violations there were in the game yesterday? Zero. Zero. Guess how many times it became a late shot clock, like under 10 where people started counting down the shot clock? None. Zero. Um, so, you know, the, the thought at any point that it was um, too complicated to have a, a shot clock Certainly, most games, it's not even going to come into play, only will in certain situations and late game situations. But it made me very, very happy to see that 35-second shot clock sitting atop the backboard at the high school. I want I want to respond to that, but I'm, I'm lost in Wikipedia. I heard everything you said. It's okay if you didn't. No, I tell did. me what you what, tell me what's what is interesting in the rabbit hole you've gone down. Well, I said the song wasn't about December of 1923, obviously. Can I read you from uh, the song's origins? Yes, please. According to the co-writer and longtime group member Bob Gaudio, the song's lyrics were were originally set in 1933 with the title December 5th, 1933 and celebrated the repeal of Prohibition. Ooh, okay. So it was mid-December, early December, 1933. That inspired the song. So on the shot clock, I know of the new shot clock rule. There's a new rule. Uh, there are no more. Uh, you go straight to the double bonus um, with free throws, right? There's no more one and one. That's correct. Yes. On, on I know this because the official in last night's uh, middle school basketball game told me that. Well, uh, discussed that with me before the game, asking if I was aware of the new bonus rule, but. Before he said that, he said to me, uh, this is this is shortly before tip-off of the eighth grade Catholic League basketball game, um, that uh, how uh, moved and, and saddened he was by the uh, passing of Dr. Gary Siegel. So, I mean, we're at a middle school basketball game in this gym in Connecticut, and um, he was listening in his car. So the the reach of Dr. Siegel, and we'll discuss that later, um, I mean, just continues to uh, not surprise me, but catch me off guard in different contexts. Yes, yeah, certainly. Even if last week after a week and a half ago, whenever it was that the last podcast came out, I had a number of people who um, 
reached out to me and texted me and and expressed their sadness too. Um, and especially last like last night at the basketball game, sort of in an unexpected moment, um, you know, people are are sharing their feelings. So I've been traveling a lot in the last week. I did three trips. Um, I think it was in six days. I went to LSU to Baton Rouge to call a game. Angels Reese's return after missing a couple of weeks with her team. Then uh, went to Austin, Texas, where UConn women played um, the Longhorns. And then shortly after that, went to Des Moines, uh, Iowa, and where uh, Iowa was playing at uh, Iowa State. And when I was going to Des Moines, I had a tight connection in Detroit, like less than a half hour. And uh, I was flying on Delta. And when we landed, um, the flight attendant very helpfully got on to the um, intercom and just talked about, okay, these are the people who have the tightest connections. The most, the, the tightest is going to Seattle, connecting to Seattle. Um, you have however many minutes. The next tightest connection is to Des Moines. You're going out of this gate. Um, you know, all of you should have no problem, um, making your flights. Super helpful information, letting us kind of, you know, breathe for a second. Okay. I am going to make this connection. Thank you for telling me what gate I'm going to. Very helpful. And I want to contrast this with my experience a few weeks ago. I was flying home from Raleigh through, um, through, uh, Washington National in, uh, in DC. And we had a flight attendant who got on. Um, we were delayed out of Raleigh, and she said, um, "She said air traffic control has delayed our our departure. This is not American Airlines' fault. This is not American Airlines' fault. It's air traffic control's fault." Um, and it was like, "Okay, well, how much are we delayed, and are we going to miss, miss our connections?" And um, and then when we landed, and there wasn't a gate available for like 20 minutes. So anyway, I ended up missing my connection and had to spend the night in DC. And the frustrating part for me, and it was kind of a contrast was like, okay, we're delayed, but what can you let us know where our next gate is leaving from? Can you let us know like if we have any chance of making the next flight? And um and it just hit me like in a in a kind of a stressful travel moment how sort of the demeanor of a flight attendant and their willingness to communicate effectively can totally um, change a situation from being super stressful to calming versus making a situation that's already stressful and even it, more it, stressful. And in that situation, would you say the demeanor was demeanor the better? <laughs> Yes, the the home from uh, DC. I think the, that person certainly thought demeanor the better. So you came home from your travels. Uh, you were in and out of town, two night stands, and uh, whenever you came back, you came back in the dead of night, or at least when it was dark. It gets dark at four fifteen here now, and uh, you came back from one trip. And saw, after being home for a day or so, that there was a Christmas tree had been put up. You came back from another trip, and after, I think, an overnight at home, you realized the next day that the Christmas tree was lit. But my favorite is you came home, you were at the Mohegan Sun. Uh, Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday mm -hmm. for practices, That's Sunday right. for a triple header. Mm -hmm. And came home at night, both of those uh, nights, and didn't realize that uh, I had lit up the outside of the house, framed the front door with multicolored Christmas multi lights. Giant multicolored Christmas lights. Yeah, the lights. big bulbs, the, the, as Christmas was meant to be, yeah, didn't see Christmas them. lights were meant to be. Mm -hmm. Didn't see them until, so our, our, our eighth grader had to actually walk you out to the front door and say, I need to show you something that's broken out there. And... Then I assume you clocked onto the fact was, that the lights were on. It's so, funny. So you missed the tree. You missed the the tree lighting, and you missed the house lighting. And this this is like this is I'm going to attribute it to fatigue because I got home from the trip that you had put the Christmas tree up and walked into the house, and we do live Christmas trees, not fake trees. And um, I smelled the, the the smell of tree, and it didn't occur to me that 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 was because 
you had put a tree up because usually you just I thought go that, get that one of us smelled of tree. Usually I go get the tree, and uh, anyway, all three were wonderful surprises because I was starting to get stressed knowing I had this this trip or uh, in early December these trips all back to back to back. And that I wasn't going to have time to get the tree. So you got the tree and then you put the lights on the tree because our lights last year had all died. So you had to go out and purchase lights, put them on the tree. And then the um, the lights on the front door. I can't believe I didn't see those. Um, but yes, it, it's, it, been, it's been, I don't know if I expressed this to you, but all of those things were very much appreciated and took a lot of stress off of my soul that I wasn't getting us ready for Christmas. Each of those trips, each of those uh, events necessitated a trip to the hardware store, our local hardware store. And uh, so- I can uh, say it's named Beeman's Hardware. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And um, and the people there are wonderful and, and take a, an actual human interest in what it is you're, you're doing and what's going on in your life. So I mentioned to our friend there that uh, you know, I just put up the tree. I bought the tree without Rebecca's permission or knowledge, and oh, I'm sure she'll love it. I'm sure she'll love it. So when I, when I went in for the next thing, the lights or whatever it was, uh, uh, she said, "How did how did Rebecca like the tree? I'm sure she loved it. She didn't notice it actually. So then when I went in for the house <laughs> lights and the screws to to you know put around the door frame to hold the lights up and all that, um." Because for some reason, we lost all of our lights from last year, right? They just disappeared. No, I have memory that many of them, um, after us having them for years and years, just crapped out. Okay. They're dead. So, so, them away. so she said, well, how did Rebecca like the lights around the front door? I'm going to drive by your house just to see them. And I said, I said, well. Is that what she said? Yeah, well, well, <laughs> you should take Rebecca with you because she hasn't acknowledged them yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sure, I'm sure she'll love them. So, Yeah. I don't know what I was looking at. I guess when at night when I'm driving home, I'm just not looking at our front door. I'm turning in and just focusing on getting the car into the no, garage. No, no, you're, you're you're thinking about basketball. You're you're, uh, you're not. Yes, I'm, you are. I'm thinking about whatever I'm thinking about, but uh, whatever it is, I'm not looking at. I want whatever it is you're thinking door. about. Just before we press record on this podcast, and and uh, we've talked about this before, the preparation. Uh, time, the prep time for the podcast. If there were a recipe for the podcast, prep time would be non-existent. Right. I set up the the TV tray tables with the microphones, plug in the recorder, and then we spend 10 or 15 seconds, as is obvious to anybody who's ever listened, right. saying, you know, what do you have anything to say? About? Right. So I, I said to you, just before pressing record, I said, you, you say, do you want to start? I don't have anything. I say, do you have any thoughts in your head? And you said, do you mean in general, or for the podcast, uh, it was a little bit of a uh, insulting question. No, Do you have any thoughts in your head, yeah, broad? Yeah, no, but but <laughs> clearly, your head is full of thoughts when you're driving because you don't notice your own house as you're pulling into the driveway. You know, though. What are those? Our thoughts? daughter has put put on in the minivan. She's um the the radio station is per perpetually now stuck to channel 105 on Sirius XM, which is um, holiday favorites. Yeah. And so I was probably just lost in singing along to some uh, holiday classics. Well, we have a lot of viewer mail. Should we get to that? Yeah, let's get to viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Uh, our first viewer mail comes from uh, Allison in Fort Collins, Colorado. Hello, uh, Allison. Allison writes, uh, Greetings. As you delivered your heartfelt emotion regarding the death of DGS, the words of John Donne's poem were ringing in my head. Each man's death diminishes me, for I am involved in mankind. We are diminished. Thank you for your kindness, Allison in Fort Collins. Thank you, Allison. Greetings from Minglewood Kennels, writes uh, Michael in New Jersey. Dear Rebecca and Steve, I hope this note finds you and yours well, albeit with hearts heavy as we mourn the loss of our beloved friend, Dr. Gary Siegel, a true mensch. May his memory be a blessing. It's easy to call Dr. Siegel, here and known as DGS, a member of the Ball and Chain family. His viewer mail was a source of much joy and wisdom. His letters contained varied topics, whether he spoke of his day job or have his many interests, including Mrs. DGS and his loving family, the Atlanta Braves, or his passion for F1 motorsports. I should say, Rebecca, that the ref last night... Um, who we know and, and, you know, God bless him as ref, tons of the kids 
basketball and softball games. Just a good dude. Said to me, um, he even had me rooting for the Atlanta Braves, which is saying something uh, yeah. up here in Connecticut, which was very sweet. He also said to me, uh, just slightly off topic here for a second, that, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's difficult to get refs. And, and they trained in, you know, I don't know, 20 some, I think, new refs this year. And I said, how many of those will you retain? And he said, I, he said, the retention rate is about 30% over, I don't know, two or three years. He said, it's like opening a restaurant. So the retention rate is not good. And, and for reasons that we, you know, are clear to everybody. Mm-hmm. As for his day job, writes Michael, DGS brought the gift of life into this world. And I'm quite certain that he did not take this act for granted. Countless families can look to him for being an important part of their lives. This is a true blessing. We know of his undying devotion to Mrs. DGS, the love of his life. We heard about his children throughout the years and recently their help in caring for Dr. Siegel in this time of need. The Braves gave DGS and all fans a rooting interest in the National League East this past season. I hope that DGS was able to take comfort from their play. As for Formula One racing, DGS gave superior updates on the standings. His knowledge of the teams was magnificent. I wish that Max Verstappen could take a lap in Dr. Siegel's honor. It would be fitting. Yeah. He also had superior uh, pronunciation, uh, both French, which he would boldface for me in emails to read, mm-hmm. and uh, and in uh, British English uh, spelling. Right. Had a for the Y and tires, for instance. Mm-hmm. Finally, I'd like to take a moment to thank you, Steve, with a big hug to Rebecca for honoring DGS by bestowing him with the cleanup spot and reverently narrating his many missives. It was a perfect and fitting end to best to the best podcast around as always tom dick and harry please play us out faithfully yours michael from new jersey thank you michael as a lovely email as as was allison's before that uh dr siegel has really uh you know upped the game of our of our his fellow correspondents Mm -hmm. steve and rebecca writes tanya from troy resident energy efficiency advisor hey tanya uh, first off, no need to read this out loud as the intent of this note is to express gratitude to you for uh, more than for any other reason. However, if the sentiment is not repetitive and it's worth a group hug moment, feel free to extend the thoughts to all of us within the BNC community. I think it is worth extending, Rebecca. Group hugs are, are always worthwhile. I appreciate the effort it took to discuss DGS's passing. It wasn't a small feat, but the gesture and effort is greatly appreciated. I'm humbled repeatedly by how much you care about those who reach out to you through this venue. Well, it's it's not us. It's the people who, who who write to us, and we appreciate it. It's strange, isn't it, to know someone without knowing someone, to care so deeply, almost surprisingly so. I didn't realize how much it would sting hearing the obit, but it brought unexpected deep sorrow and had a meaningful emotional impact. In the most fondest of ways, I am grateful that it did. Rebecca, you and I heard by text from so many people, mm-hmm. especially as the last podcast made its way out there, um, You know, getting texts and... Uh, running it, running into people as well as as emails from people we haven't met. He touched many lives through you too, so thank you for your continued interest in his stories that encourage more, more questions, more stories, more heckling, and ultimately more smiles to us strangers. Your voices and bantering about brought through it all. He's one of many community members I look forward to hearing from almost as much as you guys do each week. The nicknames and personal narratives that come alive and connect us all through you. So, mostly, while many others are expressing sorrow and prayers to the DGS family, I wanted to extend my thoughts and prayers are with you as well, as I know this loss hurts as well, and it is a bit of a hole you both will feel forevermore. P.S. P.S. Perhaps some specific DGS swag can be developed for sale to support his chosen causes, a secret society perhaps, maybe identified through such means and public portrayal of such things, like bumper stickers. I bet some artists in the mix could develop some Formula One-style drawing perhaps with DGS as the as the bumper sticker, surrounded by some BNC images as the car's sponsor. I cannot draw, but that is the image that popped into my head as I recalled you, thinking about how DGS would have perhaps been in Vegas this year if he had had the opportunity to be. I wish you both a healthy and safe holiday season. After the feats of your holiday cards transitioning to a New Year's card in past years, I've taken this approach this year to reduce the rushed feeling that Christmas brings this month. After all, a card is a lovely thing to get in the mail whenever it comes, is it not? Take care, Tanya from Troy. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for the the the, uh, the holiday card is 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 uh, attached, Rebecca. New adventures await. Happy New Year and um, some great pictures of the kids. And um, Rebecca, we are not sending out a a uh, 
holiday card in January this year. The holiday card we're sending out is for the actual December holidays. And that's another one of the things you've been getting stuff done. That's another one of the things you got done. Instead of like going through and trying to find pictures that our kids might like of themselves, we just, you just in the group chat, the family group chat said, all right, send us a picture that you like of yourself and we'll put it on the Christmas card. Um, and then you ordered the Christmas cards. Our, our youngest helped you uh, kind of choose which template to use. And, um, and now you've been addressing the Christmas cards to get them out. You've been, you've been Mr. Christmas. Who, who, who are you and what have you done with my wife? Because when I ordered those Christmas cards and the Christmas cards came and the envelopes came and I, and I splurged to get the return address printed on the envelopes rather than write them out or apply you know, <laughs> know the free stickers say. we've got in the mail, your only response to the Christmas cards was, you put our home address on the envelopes. <laughs> I know, and then as soon as I said it, I was like, "Oh, geez, really?" But no, I, I quickly backtracked and said, "You know, thanks for doing that. Thanks for getting that." Because usually, we put the PO box on uh, on the Christmas cards. I, I just don't love having our home address out there. But obviously, if we're sending Christmas cards to people, they know where we live, most likely. Do they? Because I went to the PO box yesterday and oh. got a Christmas <laughs> card from your dad. And I said to you, maybe you should give your dad our home address yeah. so he can send his card to our home address. Yeah. I know he knows it because he physically comes here. I know. I don't know why he always – maybe he doesn't think we get mail at home. That's why he sends it to the I think box. I know why. I don't know. I think – I don't know the reason, but I think he does it for the same reason that he calls me when he wants to talk to you. Or he'll call me and say, say, is, is Rebecca traveling today? Or when does Rebecca's flight get in? Or – um, where is Rebecca going next week? Is Rebecca calling such and such game? And 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 I will say, I will think, if only there were some way for you to find out directly. <laughs> you really ought to give him your number. I know. And, I your, and, and my your home address. address. Yes. Dear Stephen, Rebecca writes, John, it has been a bit since I've written and I'm getting caught up on the podcast after being away for a few weeks. I was shocked when I heard of the passing of Dr. Siegel. I never met him, but still feel like I knew him. His weekly emails would make me laugh and always had a wonderful way of sharing uh, my heart was slightly broken when I heard of his passing. I'm sending my prayers to his wife and family. I also send prayers to the BNC family. We are a family after all of the years of hearing from them. You do feel like you know them. I love the podcast and appreciate you and all the listeners. If I don't write before, I hope all have all have wonderful Christmas and holidays. John. Thank you, John. From John to Joan. Hello, Joan. Hello, Steve and Rebecca. Haven't written in a while, but I'd like to throw in my suggestion for the Vera Mail segment being started with this line. Quote, the following Vera Mail segment will be sponsored this week and forevermore by the memory of our beloved Dr. Gary Siegel. Simple and to me reminiscent of old-fashioned broadcasting. I love that. I love it too. I am a completionist and felt like I got to know the good doctor over the years. We'll miss his commentary. Condolences to his family. Joan from CT. I, I love that. And I love the phrase reminiscent of old-fashioned broadcasting. It's a beautiful phrase. I, I was listening to a uh, an interview with um, with um, Albert Brooks. There's a documentary about Albert Brooks on HBO that's out now. And um, Albert Brooks you know, grew up in Los Angeles. He went to high school with Rob Reiner. He used to go over to Rob Reiner's house in high school. Rob Reiner's dad, Carl Reiner, and Mel Brooks would be hanging out and just loved listening to Albert Brooks's, you know, comedic stylings in high school. But uh, so so he was a young, precocious comedian in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And he once uh, interviewed or, or spoke to the great Jack Benny about some project that he's working on. He, he, was, he had asked Jack Benny if he would contribute something to this, I think it was a radio show that Albert Brooks was doing. And Jack Benny said, radio, you know, that's all people think of me as, as you know, doing radio. You know, I've done so much since I did radio, TV, film, you know, but people just think of me as radio. And, and, and Albert Brooks, and he, and he died two weeks later, uh, Jack Benny. Mm -hmm. And Albert Brooks said, you know, um, after, I think it was on Mark Maron's podcast, he said, after hearing that from Jack Benny, I just thought, I'm never going to get caught up. I just can't get caught up in like what I think people think of me, you know, mm -hmm. because I didn't think of this is Albert Brooks saying, you know, who thought of Jack Benny as strictly radio? You know, he was a famous live and television and film, you know, uh, comedian, brilliant, 
loved by everybody. And yet in his mind somehow near the end of his life, he he thought that he was thought of as strictly a radio guy. But I mean, <clears throat> it's a good lesson, especially for kids, but also and certainly for adults as well in this age of social media is, is you should not ever care what anyone thinks of you unless it's someone who knows you. Well, absolutely. But, you know, we all do it and it's understandable that especially that kids do it, especially in the age of social media. But uh, but yeah, it is worth remembering that uh, it's not something to waste your time with. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Patty with an I, I was deeply saddened to learn of DGS's passing in last week's podcast. He was a treasure to his family and to the Ball and Chain family. My heart goes out to you, Mrs. DGS, and to all who know and love the good doctor. May loving memories of Dr. Gary Siegel help you find peace, keeping you in my thoughts and prayers. Patty. Thank you, Patty. And um, a, uh, you know, Dr. Gary Siegel is peerless, obviously, but it, uh, if he has any peers, uh, George and Columbus is weighing in. Um, you know, uh, we talk about tributes to, to Dr. Gary Siegel. The ultimate um, ball and chain viewer mail mashup would be a, a pumpkin carved in the likeness of Dr. Gary that Siegel. That's true, yes. Stephen Rebecca writes, George and Columbus, in honor of DGS, this email is enumerated. One, although we got to know DGS only through his correspondence, his emails demonstrated the combination of intellect, curiosity, compassion, and self-deprecation that makes a skilled, relatable physician. He will be greatly missed. Two, Rebecca, don't discount your dog's ability to turn a doorknob to get into your bedroom. Thank you, George. Thank you. When I was a kid, writes George, our dog, Penny, quickly learned to turn a locked doorknob to let herself out of the garage side door. We had to put a hook on the outside of the door to keep her in. So okay. there. There we go. I mean, I knew that dogs can turn doorknobs because ours has done it. But you you remain agnostic on that point, Rebecca. Yeah. Three, Steve, have you chosen a song for your Christmas piano offering? I'm looking forward to this annual holiday treat. Uh, I have, George. In fact, I, I shouldn't say that. I have Damien Curtis, my... Uh, my uh, uh, Teacher extraordinaire. Uh, to put it mildly, chose a song for me. And uh, I've recorded a version, but I think I can beat Improve that version. Okay. Now, the way I record it is I set my phone on top of the Yamaha and I play. And then I, I stop the recording when I screw up. Do you do or, video or just like audio? No, just, just, audio. A, just, just, a, just okay. on the uh, voice memo. Okay. The sound quality is not great, but neither is the piano playing. And sometimes I'm, I'm on a, you know, I'm trying to play about a minute solid of this. And sometimes I get on a good run and dog barks or I get on the good run and dog walks into the dog opens the door and says uh, dog walks into a bar and says give me a beer and a mop so and then every once in a while there is no uh, ambient noise other than my piano playing and I get through a minute of it and I say okay now this is this is the one that the recording that I have to top so I've got one that's okay and if I can beat it before, because we'll record one more podcast right before the holidays. I'm we going should, away for yeah. a few days, and yeah. we'll um, record after that. So yes, um, so you know, I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll reveal that. I guess I, I know, I know, uh, viewers are trembling in anticipation. Yeah, I'm come. sure. I know you're not because you've heard me play it a thousand times. Uh, oh, thank you. Anyway, uh, next viewer mail. Oh, this viewer mail has pictures of you. Rebecca? Of me. Of you. Yay. Dear Rebecca and Steve, wow, what a great day for women's college basketball. The game between Texas and UConn did not disappoint. So this is you in, what, is it the Moody Center? Yes. That's that's perfect because you were a Moody Center and you were in the Moody Center. <laughs> I was not a Moody Center, but I was in the Moody you Center. You were a center and you were sometimes Moody, maybe not at the same time. Which I think was, it was refurbished and opened a year or two ago it's a beautiful facility um and it was sold out for that texas game where they were hosting uconn this of course is uh from mark. mark and dallas whose uh daughters abby and Paige are familiar to the listeners viewers and abby is a freshman at she is she wasn't able to be suited up because she's uh she's got a boot on her leg she's she was, dealing with a she was not suited and booted. She was just booted, just not booted, suited. not suited. Um, lower leg injury, and uh, anyway, it was great to see her. It was great to see the whole Bootlier family: um, mom, dad, sister, 
uh, I, I got a chance to chat with all of them after the game. So um, that and and Abby wears number fifty, which I absolutely love. So um, it was great, great to finally see them in person. It's been quite a number of years. Well, she she, uh, she should get the way you you have those uh, two travel coffee mugs. One says, um, one says, what does it say? One oh, says, this one says, oh, you have it right there. It's right here. It says, we interrupt this basketball season to bring you family. That was during COVID. Yeah. And then the other one says, we interrupt this family to bring you basketball season. Well, well uh, Abby should get two travel coffee mugs. One that says, uh, booted, not suited. And then she transitions in one that says, suited, not, not booted. booted. Yeah, great idea. Uh, finally, after 10 straight losses, Texas was able to pull off the first win in program history against UConn, writes Mark. After a fantastic finish to the game, the day got even better when Rebecca made her way over to talk with a Texas player who was unable to play in the game due to the fact that she was using what might very well be the tallest pair of crutches you will ever see. <laughs> did, you get, did you see these crutches, Rebecca? I did. Because we've, we've struggled to find crutches that reach our kids' armpits. And you, I can imagine, you know, uh, this is a, a whole other order of, of uh, crutches. My so. brother, who's nearly seven feet tall, when he, he had an ankle injury when he was in high school, and that's when, like, the crutch, crutches were wooden. And I, th- I don't know if it was somebody in the shop department. And they had department. a little wing nut thing that yeah, you yeah. would screw in yeah. and out. Yeah. But somebody, I think, in the shop department had to make like a longer yeah. peg part of the crutch so that it would actually fit. <laughs> wow. Did your uh, high school have shop and uh, – Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, after okay, let's see. Uh, uh, which which player was that? You might ask. Yes, you guessed it. It was Abby. She has been nursing a leg injury and has not been able to take the floor yet this season. Here is the picture taken after the game on Sunday, along with one that was taken back in 2017 when they first met. So here you are, Rebecca. I don't know if you can see that from over there. Uh, the Moody Center. Look in at the it. Moody she Center. makes me look like I'm tiny. Yeah. Like like I'm a short person and I'm yeah, not a yeah, short person. No. And uh, and picture of you. In twenty seven of, of the, the and and there you're you're and you're, I'm making her like look like she's tiny in that photo absolutely and but uh, she and her sister are in uh, Dallas Wings uniform so this was at a at a Wings at game yeah, yeah, right? please send those to me so okay, I can well, post them on social media my so what a great. difference my what a difference right Mark yes that is Paige in the picture from twenty seventeen somehow we forgot to get her in the picture this time with uh, two well she was kind two. of on the other side of the the tables that are courtside so it would have been a little two, bit of a challenge two face palm emojis oh i thought you were going to say she was on the other side of the rope so it would have been impossible no, to like uh, tables i'm kidding wishing you and, and yours all the best and as always enjoying the great podcast regards mark and dallas uh p.s i've attached the article that was written by the v foundation about abby and her unique connection with her twin sister and so here is a um story yep. from uh the v foundation and there is abby and her texas 50 uh uniform suited uh, doing hook 'em horns, so that's really cool. By and the way, Texas is really, really good. Their women's team is really, really good. Good enough to win a national championship the year, this year. Certainly a Final Four contender. In that game, their point guard Rory Harmon had a phenomenal game offensively, also defensively. She really limited Paige Beckers and the UConn guards. But anyway, Texas, keep an eye on them. They are very good this year. And, and you, you say they're a Final Four contender. Contender. Is that what you said? We'll, yes. have to, we'll have to have Denny go to the replay official on oh, that. Oh, you know what's funny? I had on social media someone after I called the Iowa-Iowa State game. Iowa has a player, a senior, one of my favorites, Kate Martin. But of course, we've talked about this before. I don't say mit- mitten. I say mitten. I don't say button. I say button. So I, I had an Iowa fan just send me a, a message that said, her name's Kate Martin, not Martin. And I was this like, was, dude, this, this is, is a, a lifelong struggle was, for me. This, this person has never been to New Britain, No, this is a lifelong struggle. That you, you don't know the New Britain accent. Hard so, hitting uh, New Britain. Hard hitting New Britain. Uh, Kmart, they call it, right? Presumably? <laughs> no, they don't, actually. They don't? No. How, how is that? Uh, I guess people don't know Kmart now. I don't know. Kenyon Martin, of course, was right. Kmart. I mean, I shouldn't say that. Perhaps they do. Yeah. I've not heard th- her yeah. teammates call her that. Doesn't mean they don't. But you would call her Kmart. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those ones. I was just laughing like, oh, yep, that's not changing. Dear Steve and Rebecca writes Mary in Westchester, PA. She's a completionist. 
May I add my voice to those who appreciate the warmth and grace with which you've shared the passing of the wonderful DGS. While our only connection was the podcast, listeners felt like we knew him and his voice will be missed. Thank you, Mary. In a similar vein, writes Mary, I came across Steve's story about Jim Capel. While I don't know Jim, I certainly felt like I did after reading the story. What a beautiful tribute. And yet another example, uh, she says nice things about the story. And and I I appreciate that, Mary. Um, My best to you and your family during the holidays. Embrace the chaos. Now, that's a slogan to uh, put on a bumper sticker, Rebecca. It is, for sure. Uh, We will will do our best to embrace the chaos. Yes. Ralph uh, in Colorado, a resident party bus driver, writes, uh, I am sad. I was so impressed and excited when Dr. Gary once mentioned me and one of my viewer mails in one of his letters. I apparently made him laugh, which was such an honor. I also appreciate how much the, the two of you appreciate him. It's amazing how much kindness he brought to this family. Sincerely, Ralph from Colorado, our resident party bus driver. Is Ralph not also our resident cyclist? Cyclist? I'm not sure. As the cycle replaced the party bus? I mean, been replaced by the party bus? Has the cycle being driven on the party bus? Maybe the, or, there's or, a or, bike rack on the party bus that you just put the cycle on. Or, or they, maybe we're conflating two completely separate people. I'm not sure. Uh, if so, I, I do hope their paths don't cross, the party bus <laughs> and the uh, and the cyclist. Oh, this is a lovely uh, notification from the aforementioned V Foundation. Ted from the Lower East Side, though his actual name is here, who I know had connected with Dr. Siegel, mm-hmm. uh, don- made a donation in honor of uh, uh, the good doctor for V-Week. Oh, nice. How nice is that? Yeah. For Steve, thanks for the pod. Brings joy all year long. Ted from LES. Ted, we really appreciate that. That's a lovely tribute. Ralph in uh, Stamford, uh, Connecticut. Writes, hello, Restiva. I'm too deeply saddened to hear of the loss of the cleanup hitter. I think you both did a good job of celebrating his life by sticking to the format you've been perfecting through the years, lighthearted most of the time, but mindful of serious matters when needed. I'm sure the Siegel family is celebrating his life as well. Several podcasts ago, it took Rebecca a couple of moments to remember that Tennessee won the women's championship in 2007. This bit of sports trivia will test even the most ardent follower of the Big Ten. In the Little Brown Jug game of 1970, who scored four touchdowns for the Wolverines? He lived down the street from us at that time. Uh, I am now back in Connecticut. It is near to family, Ralph in Stamford. So Ralph in Maryland mm-hmm. is is now Ralph in Stamford. Okay. Did he send the answer to the trivia question? No, but do you, I'm going to ask a, uh, a as I Google, I'm going to ask uh, a simpler trivia question related to that. Uh, who does Michigan play in the Little Brown Jug game, Rebecca? I didn't even know Little Brown Jug game was a thing. The Little Brown Jug game is indeed a thing. And, Michigan uh, State? No. Why would I know this as a... Uh, Ohio State? Think think, think harder. Do you, ha- do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, a Little Brown Jug. I'm just going through the Big Ten. Um, they uh, Wisconsin. Now, p- put this on your to-do list. Yeah. Give your dad your home address. Yes. Give your dad your phone number. Yeah. And Google where I grew up, where I am from. Oh, Minnesota? Minnesota, yes. So Michigan plays Minnesota in the Little Brown Jug game. And who scored four touchdowns in the nineteen seventy game? Who? Well, I'm 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 You're going still to, Googling? Well, I uh I'm gonna have to look that up. All right, Rebecca, it took some uh some Googling. But I, I, I quote now the uh, October 25th, 1970 Detroit Free Press. Uh, Michigan won that game 39 to 13, 1970. And, uh, and I, I would have given you uh, much congratulations had you gotten this. Mm-hmm. Fullback Fritz Saferth scored four touchdowns on short plunges as the Wolverines beat Minnesota 39-13 to retain possession of the Little Brown Jug. And love the name. Say it again, please. Fritz, spelled the standard Fritzian Fritz. way. Mm-hmm. Last name, capital S-E-Y-F-E-R-T-H. Seaforth. But I also love the phrase short plunges. You don't hear that nearly enough no. when you're watching football or read it nearly enough when you're reading a recap after or, the fact. Or, or do it nearly enough when your toilet's clogged. <laughs> Those are usually long plunges. Usually, there's only two options, yes. Yeah, so... Um, 
and, and Fritz Seyfrith, as we now know, but didn't just seconds ago, uh, if I can find what, what happened to our viewer mail here, Rebecca. I don't know. Well, let me call it back up. I've got so many open tabs here that I don't know what, uh, speaking of open tabs, did I tell you that, did, did I ever mention on the podcast that uh, that uh, the Where We Go in Minnesota every every 4th of July? I think you did, Did I mention yes. that? Yeah. But the, retell it because just Well, no, case. I mean, at, at, at the, at the uh, local watering hole um, where we go sometimes in the middle of the summer in July, Tom of Tom, Dick, and Harry returned there recently mm-hmm. and uh the guy saw his last name and said hey a steve russian still has an open tab here from the fourth of july so, so he closed it finally rebecca one more uh viewer mail in the um what the uh cleanup spot right yes the the dgs what's the newly named cleanup spot though i don't know that we've come up with one the following viewer mail is brought to you by the loving memory of Dr. Gary Siegel. Isn't that what? Well, that was to open viewer mail, I think. Oh, I thought it was well, anytime I'll, I'll we go to, to the to the last. Oh, maybe that. Email. Yeah, absolutely. In the in the in the uh, reminiscent of old time broadcasting. Yes. Well, we will do that. I'll do it more artfully next week because I'm going to have to go back and read verbatim that yes. as I as I would as an old time radio broadcaster. Right. In the manner of. We'll just print in the manner it out of that a radi- card, and then you'll always yes. have that card, like Johnny Carson. A blue like. card, yes. In the, and I have some blue cards that I can print it out on, actually, yes. When Johnny didn't like the desk bit, you know, after the monologue, mm-hmm. and and they couldn't come up with something else before air, they would do blue cards, and he they would, you know, ask the audience members in line waiting to get into NBC studios, you know, the, the many jokes of them having to wait out there in the heat or mm-hmm. the rain or whatever. And then they would just Johnny would read the questions off the blue cards and and riff on in response. You know why the dogs are going nuts right now? I don't. But but anyway, okay. next week we will we will do a, a more a formal introduction of the cleanup spot. But I'm thrilled and and uh, we're honored to say that the cleanup spot this week belongs to the Siegel family. Yes. A final thanks from the DGS crew is the header, and uh, they write, Rebecca and Steve, from all of us in the extended DG- in the extended DGS family, a heartfelt thank you for this morning's long-awaited podcast. Whether intentional or not, it's only fitting that Gary's first posthumous birthday present was a podcast named after and dedicated to him. Thank goodness for you all, as we all forgot to get him something. Can I repeat that, Rebecca? Because I just stumbled over that. Yes. Thank goodness for you all, as we all forgot to get him something. <laughs> I mean, this I think is the is the greatest tribute to Doctor Siegel. Yes. Honestly, is a sense of humor from his children. From his children, because yes. he, of course, had a sense of humor. But the only thing that we've really, the, I mean, not the only thing that we've cared about, but our one overriding goal in raising kids. Not that we know anything about it was to hope they had a sense of humor. Yes. And do whatever we could in our power to try to encourage that. Yes. I think we've succeeded. I think so. But I know uh, uh, DGS and Mrs. DGS succeeded in in raising kids with a sense of humor. You now have a gang of new listeners in our friend slash family group. They all adore you as a duo and your, quote, nonsense podcast. Uh, This is is, uh, lovely to hear. We've we've said, sort of with with um, affection and admiration and admiration that uh, Dr. Siegel's uh, family didn't listen to the podcast. Uh, it was a, another sign of their good judgment and um, and good humor and good humor. You are always welcome to reach out, but before we bid our own adieu to you, I want to share one more thing. I had the extreme privilege of writing and delivering my father's eulogy per his request. It was hard to put into only a few sentences, but was important. You two made an appearance. I've copied it below. We'll be listening. Thank you for everything. Beth, Eric, and Amanda. So, Rebecca, I'm I'm going to read Amanda's uh, lovely tribute to her father um, without doing it justice because it will be done in my voice and not hers. 
In more recent years, Dad hooked his attention to Formula One, making the trek with Eric to semi-trespass onto an Italian F1 track, and later annual pilgrimages with my husband Mark to the Austin Grand Prix. I love that, semi-trespassing. Yes. This is not to mention the hours and hours he spent watching the practice, qualifying pre-race, race, and post-race coverage on DVR at the slowest pace known to man for every other race of the season, before my grandmother, Bub, would call to dish with him on what had transpired. The Braves and Formula One frequently made up the content in his weekly emails to Steve Russian and Rebecca Lobo, a husband and wife Sports Illustrated and Hall of Fame ex-WNBA basketball player duo and hosts of the Ball and Chain podcast. For the last few years, Dad became a super fan listener and constant contributor to their digital fan mail, uh, gaining the nickname DGS, parentheses, Dr. Gary Siegel, married to Mrs. DGS, and the coveted role of cleanup hitter, whereby his weekly email was often the final sign-off on their recorded weekly shows. The joy of both the podcast and the, the reciprocated relationship with its hosts brought my father was both unexpected and paramount. In his final weeks, our family exchanged personal emails with Steve and Rebecca, tuned in to listen to the podcasts, and helped compose my dad's weekly emails as his typing and mind declined, and saw them post on their Instagram account with him donning all the podcast swag they sent him after learning of his diagnosis. In a vortex of despair the last four-plus months, I am so thankful for this quirky hobby-turned-bright spot for us all, and know that DGS indeed left behind a humorous, informative sports legacy to a wide virtual network. Amanda, uh, Eric, and Beth, thank you so much for your generosity, and um, we, we continue to send all of our best regards to all of you. And uh, for producer Denny Gallagher, Tom DeCari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane